shout out to everybody who is joining live right now. Shout out to the people yeah. who will be listening in the playback for the podcast. Um, she gets a podcast and, you know, Young Black and Bothered. Uh, that name will be changing soon. We just don't know what the fuck it's going to be. Um, usually Shan does the introduction. I'm, I'm feeling brand new. I'm feeling rejuvenated. I'm like um, uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Shan. So, you know, as always, I am Shan, host of She Gets a Podcast, and my co-host right here, um, hey, Greg, that, you know, she does the Young Black and Bother podcast, but you can follow both shows on all of your social media platforms. You can follow the actual podcast on every single platform from Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcast, all that shit, we're on there. Um, Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You're doing good. Okay. Now, now that y'all have gotten the joke out of the way, Shan is actually going to formally introduce the show. So, <laughs> Shan, what is this show? This show is uh, Loud Mouth Stereo. We're talking microaggression at the workplace, not at the workplace, just people being unprofessional as fuck and condescending. But we're going to talk about it because some people don't know what that is and they don't even know that they're doing it. But we about to let them know. My name is Shan from She Gets a Podcast. That is Greg. He thought he was making a funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, usually we do a 930 show, but we came a little bit earlier. Stereo thought it was being funny, wouldn't let us connect, but we are here. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, y'all are in for a treat today because I actually came and did my homework. So mm. I've done my homework. Uh, I have, you know, Shan's docket, my docket. We, we're going to go in. Um, it'll feel like one of the podcast episodes we do, except for the topic will be obviously microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I am fully aware of microaggressions. I've seen them. I've had them done to me. Um, I'm going to get into that story a little bit later. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, I, just, I just, I don't know. Like, when it comes to microaggressions, Shan, like when we talk about this, I just want, you know, to give like a trigger warning. There will be some things that are said that are going to piss people off that are all colors. You can be black. It's going to offend you. You're going to be white. It's definitely going to offend you. Um, man or woman, it's probably going to offend you mm-hmm. in, in some manner. But it's not us that is, you know, we're not the ones offending you. It's just the things that are going to be said. You have to take them at Facebook. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, you guys, you know, got that out of the way now because yeah, it's going to be rough to hear about some of this shit. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be like um, really negative. It's just awareness. Just think of this as a a a yellow, silent, soft checking, and you can't say you didn't know after this show. Bingo. And my employer, um, I'm letting them know because I'm sure that they do listen. Uh, I, I do love you. Thank you for my checks. But there may be some things that you may or may not do. This may have been a previous job. This may be a current job. But microaggressions happen everywhere. You might have them with your family, might have them with your friends, but you definitely have them at work. Um, and we just want to point out some that you might have not even known that have happened to you but then when you think about it you're like you know what that yeah that actually happened that's a microaggression like it's something that you either you've seen it and you just let it slide or you've seen it and i'm sorry or you didn't see it you're just like well you know maybe that's just that person no that's a microaggression that is definitely a microaggression break down the word and you don't know what that is 
micro is small, but it can also mm-hmm. be right. Aggress is provoking. So you might be bothering somebody or you might be super like uh just coming at somebody, right? And then shuns mm-hmm. is in abundance. That means it's a whole bunch of them shits, right? Bingo. So it's spiteful um purposeful intentional words to people is going to be offensive is going to be judgmental is going to be kind of stereotypical so you have to watch what you say and there's many um different ways that you can say microaggressions or have those it could be ageism where you basically um penalize somebody or tease them about their age it can be constant labeling of people that you don't know it can be you being biased as fuck. It can be an appearance where you group everyone that you feel like looks like a, a certain person as doing this or is this or a personality as this. A lot of people do this with, um, what is it? Astrology. What's your sign? Oh, so you like, no, it's not always the case where you're, always like a Libra or you always like this. You can't go around categorizing people and assuming shit just because of people's signs or how they're going to um, want to be treated based upon their sign. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. Right. When it comes to um, people and microaggressions, what what have you dealt with? I'm thing. I've dealt with so many, but what I wanted to do, instead of just like, you know, giving an example, I want to give like an actual example that some people can relate to, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. here, are, here are some microaggressions. You are so articulate um, that even though it doesn't sound like it's a microaggression, it's definitely a microaggression. Yeah. Um, what, else, what else do we have? Um, I'm not a racist. I have black friends. Oh, that, that is a. That is a microaggression. Um, ladies that are in the room that are listening right now live, I'm sure you've heard this one. As a woman, I know what you go through as a racial minority. That, my friends, is a microaggression. Microaggression, and somebody's going to be like, well, can we ask anything? Yes, you can, but it's in the form and phrase that you actually ask them. So I guess I need to actually give the, def- the definition of a microaggression. Yeah. Indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. Now, someone would say, well, why are you being so sensitive? Why are you thinking of it like this? That's not my impression. That's not how I'm supposed to come off. Mm-hmm. It's not how you come off. It's how you say it. Everything from the affliction in your voice to honestly just saying shit you know you have no business asking is considered a microaggression. Asking someone who is brown, notice what I said, someone who is brown, asking them, where are you from? Where were you born? Does it matter to you that that is a microaggression? Um, asking, telling someone they speak good English—that is a microaggression. Yes. Um, yeah. There, there are messages and there are microaggressions, and the way that you carry them out, and you know, pretty much denying yourself of knowledge, you know, because you call, you know, you consider it ignorance. Yes, it's definitely ignorance, but you also know there are some people who use microaggressions as a way to give a backhanded compliment. So, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that tonight, you know, we, we aren't here again to offend people. We're not here to educate you. It's something that, you know, we came up with, you know, our list, you know, Shannon and myself to, I'm sorry, Shannon and I to go and, you know, just 
get out there and put it in the space. So hopefully, you know, you guys can respect it because you can't check it. Um, but more importantly, we're going to give our examples and hope that, you know, you have some of your own. Uh, we already have voicemails. So I already know where we're going with this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I'm ready. All right, I'm going to play them and then I'm going to go into um, my first microaggression. This one time I took the girl home. Oh my God, some- that right there. See right there? Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, Shan. Hold on, hold on. Since people can't get the act right, get it. We're gonna do we're gonna do the the today in podcast it and then we're gonna get into it because clearly people are just completely disrespectful. So number one in today in podcasting, Facebook says that they are building a product to compete with Clubhouse. That is today in podcasting. Um, we also have two, you know, two other ones, but I'm not going to disclose those because I want to get into these microaggressions for real. Um, but here's a disclaimer for anybody who is listening live or on the podcast. Um, any sign of disrespect, like you just heard in that voicemail that lasted every bit of two seconds, will get your ass blocked. And I mean that from the bottom of your heart. Um, stop being disrespectful. More importantly microaggressions are like that which you just heard for the two seconds of the play that is a microaggression and yes i will report you i have an itchy trigger figure and i am ready saying that to say this shan do you want to hit that button yes a uh, great topic you guys um i have actually worked with clients who have had consistent microaggressions um throughout their experiences in society to the point mm-hmm. to where now uh, it's affected their self-esteem um and uh, can now be equated to uh, traumatic events in their life. Mm. See? Mm. See? See? And it only takes like one kid to hear that to think that it's something okay to say. Absolutely. Mm. Do you all feel like it's difficult to talk about microaggressions because so many people who are the kinds of people who would do microaggressions have almost claimed that term and been like, Oh, like you said something, you said that all men are bad. So that's a microaggression against me or something like that. Do you feel like it's more difficult to describe this event now that the term has lost some of its power? Mm, no, because yeah. um, truthfully it's lost power only in the community who do the microaggressions. Like my community you know, uh, being black, like we never lost that shit. We see it every day. It's just, a, you know, a question of how much of it can you tolerate? Um, but in this specific episode about like microaggressions and, you know, for me, I'm just using work as like an emphasis of microaggressions today for me. Um, when you have certain situations where you have a microaggression, uh, microaggression put against you and you're in a position to not do anything about it, like work or, you know, you're at someone's house and you have a microaggression, you're at a party and you're surrounded by people who aren't your people. These are just other people. Like you, you've been to like a work happy hour or something like that. And you've heard a microaggression. Um, but to answer your question, like, you know, it does have power. Uh, there are some people who kind of abuse it and make every little thing a microaggression. But right. what we're talking about here is the microaggressions that, you know, for a fact are microaggressions. It's not questionable. It's not something that's trivial. It's honestly, it's just out there in your face. And you as a person, like you have to dictate to you if it is a microaggression or if you're just going to let that shit slide. Me personally, mm-hmm. I stopped letting shit slide a long time ago. <laughs> um, the, re- the, the reason why is because if you let one thing slide, that's just going to continue. Um, you know, for me, um, I know Shan has her list. I'm just going to give you one of mine because I have so many. Um, touching a black woman's hair at work. Like <laughs> to me, see, seeing that shit done is a microaggression to me. And I'm not even the woman that is, you know, I'm not the person that it's happening to, but I've been 
in a position at work or somewhere else, just out and about where someone says, oh, can I touch your hair? Like, why? Why do, why do you feel the need to have to do that? Somebody, you know, someone else might not see that as a microaggression, but me, a black man, knowing how, you know, just any woman would feel. It's like, yo, how would you feel about some random ass person just putting their fingers through your hair? Not because they want to actually like give you like tips and tricks and shit, but they just want to feel it just because of some shit that they've heard from somebody else. I heard black women's hairs, you know, curly and kinky. Can I feel your hair? And the thing is, they ask the question as they're doing it. No, and you're that lucky. Is a, it's lucky if you get a woman that does act first, and and it's not oh only white people do this, only uh you mm-hmm. know, there's only black people do this. No, everybody does it. When I went to a Rock the Bells concert, and I was sitting um in front of a group of like three women because they were grown and they mm-hmm. were older. the girl said. Oh, your hair is so pretty. And she stroked it. She was like, oh, this is all yours. And that was when my hair was really long. And I'm just like, did you ask first? Yes, it's all mine. And a lot of people do that in a condescending way so they can feel like, ooh, you know, her hair maybe look nice, but it's not hers. Oh, her hair maybe looks long. Oh, but it's not hers. And when she realized that it was mine and she realized that I caught on, to her being condescending and being petty, then she was like, quiet mm-hmm. time. That's unnecessary. You don't have to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's pretty much the gist of what I'm trying to say, at least. And, you know, Shan's saying it better than I could ever say it. And I can't speak for Black women. I just only speak of things that I've seen. And microaggressions, they happen to Black women the most. Uh, me being a Black man, yeah, it happens. Um, but for the most part, we kind of, we're very fucking ignorant to shit. So we'll see it and we know that it's a microaggression and we'll just skate right past it until it happens a second time. Um, black women, however, the first time that shit happens, um, it's always being escalated. And I appreciate that shit. I wish I had that type of candor where I could do the same thing. Um, so I've learned from, you know, you know, my fellow peers and black women as well to honestly start to nip that shit in the bud early. Um, that's my number one rule for tonight. Um, when it comes to microaggressions, nip it in the bud early, because if you don't, they're going to keep trying you. And that's my number one rule. I got more. But, you know, we got voicemails. Shane. If, if you want, go for it. I play on Paco. I saw your ass coming here. I deal with microaggressions. Honestly, it's kind of. It's borderlining macroaggressions, which is just straight up blatant racism. Mm-hmm. But um, at work, as a black woman that's like shapely, most of my white counterparts that are built just like me experience the sexual harassment and, and assault on a different level than me. And I can't help but to think like and question are these microaggressions because I'm a black woman? Because we've both had runs where we're delivering stuff to people and we're both wearing the same thing. Like I said, we have the same body type, but the aggression she gets is different than mine. And it makes me like question. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the rule of thumb is if you got to question it, then I mean, it's right there for you. Um, Again, I don't have the answer. I just know, you know, what I've seen and what you've seen. You saw it for yourself. Um, If you feel like it's, you know, a micro versus a macro, then, yeah, it it just might be. Uh, I want to hear more, though. I want to hear. 
Oh, go ahead. That, that's another thing when it comes to you, you seeing something or you doing something with without the intent that that was portrayed. If you are going to say something and it can be taken a different way than how you're saying it, find something else to say. You don't have to say it if it's going to be taken a different way. Just like if I said um, something, a word, that can also be taken in a negative manner. I'm not going to say that in front of the executive at my job. Because I don't want it to be taken a different way. So you find other words. This is what I hate. I hate when people say things, you know what they meant, they know what they meant. And then when you call them out for it, they say, oh, that wasn't my intentions. That's not how I meant it. Well, uh, why couldn't you avoid that shit with all the other thousands of words you could have used? I got, I got one for you. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta go with one off my list before we go to this voicemail. I swear, I swear. Um, when it comes to work, because you had mentioned it and I have to speak on it. Have you ever been in a meeting where you didn't want to speak up because, you know, you felt as though either somebody else is going to have to counter something you say or they're going to hear it and completely dismiss it? That is a microaggression. I've seen it done to multiple people in multiple different jobs where you're sitting there and you know for a fact that the idea that you have is unique and it would help the the company or, you know, it's just something that, you know, you wanted to get off your heart, get off your chest. And if you say it, it's instantly like cast away, like, well, you know, I like that. You know, I like that idea, but, or, you know, we thought about that as well, but whenever they kind of like cast you aside, that is a microaggression right there. Um, to the point where I know for me personally, I don't speak in meetings anymore. The reason why I don't is because it just makes the meeting go on for an extra five to 10 minutes. And I don't want to be there with those people for longer than those five or 10 minutes that I didn't want to be there. So, you know, to me, I just rather just completely avoid that. But that is one that is definitely on my list. Definitely on my list. Whew. Yeah. Let me go ahead and make a drink tonight. Cause it's going to be one. It's going to be one. Another definitive uh, portion of a microaggression is the fact that it does not have to be intentional. Um, it can be unintentional. It's uh, often microaggressions just simply come from a place of um, unawareness or uh, unlearnedness, uh, pretty much ignorance. They stem from a place of ignorance. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. With all due respect, how is asking someone where they're from a microaggression because i mean anytime i ask that i generally do care because sometimes it brings up conversation it's another way of creating conversation is how you say it so let's say if you walked into the break room and you smell something you never smelled and it's clearly someone's food instead of you say Mm -hmm. "Mm, what are you eating you say where are you from See how I said it? One sounds really negative and one doesn't sound negative. So there's a way that you say things. If if you meet somebody for the first time, you say, so where are you from? And somebody next Mm -hmm. to them, you don't know. You say, where are you from? That's different. So it works in different ways. So if if, if somebody does something different or they dress different, you say, where are you from? That's giving me a negative. Like, I don't even want to tell you where I'm from because you're giving me an attitude like you already don't like it. So yeah. The- yeah, everything is all about it's wording. It's 
and I understand what he's saying, and this is, I'm sure he's just trying to learn because he wouldn't even be leaving voicemails if he wasn't trying to learn. So shout out to him, um, you know. But obviously, asking where are you from, where are you born, and things like that. Th- those, you know, I can get it. Like you know, you might not see that as a microaggression, but somebody else would because they may have been in a circumstance where the way that they were asked that before came in a microaggressive way. Um, but there's also ways of you know asking that question, and it's not even a microaggression anymore. It, it seems more like macro. Um, like when I look at you, I don't see color. Or America is a met. Uh, what is it called? Like um, America is a melting pot. I've heard that one before. That is a fucking like that. That's big. That's big right there. And then you have like there's only one race, human race. And then they ask shit that goes into that conversation, such as you know where are you from, where are you born, like stuff like that. It leads in. So there's always a trail that comes behind that question. So the only reason they asked you, where are you from? Is because like, you know, Shan said, what you cooked, you know, and brought in for lunch, you know, oh, that's ethnic food. Where are you from? Like stuff like that's like, you don't, you don't really care. You really don't care. It's just a microaggression. That's what it is. That's the word. That's what it means. So go ahead. That's another microaggression before I click this button is acting like you care about one's feelings and say something rude and you don't. (laughs) I hate that shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To all the people, especially to all the white people who like say that they want to end racism or say that they want to live in a society where racism doesn't exist. In order to do that, you have to realize the microaggressions that you are doing and work very hard to check them and to not do them anymore. Like in order to live in a society that is not racist, it's necessary to go to these like not even nitpick, but do uh, like it's not good enough to just not say the N-word. You have to like go through everything that you do and make sure that you're not racist. And that's kind of like with so many white people where you see like that's the line for them, like where they don't actually care about fighting racism because they refuse to like check this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the thing. It's not, you know, and I shout out to her for that voicemail. But, you know, I don't want people thinking that what they're about to hear is all like racial microaggressions because no. it's more than just racial. Um, this can, you know, be a part of the LGBTQIA community. That that is something that, you know, they see microaggressions more than we do, to be completely honest with you, because not only are they getting it for their gender, they're getting it for like, you know, their orientation, their sexual orientation, or just to fucking be. And, you know, that's just me being completely fair about it. But I don't want people that are listening thinking that it's just going to be us talking about racial mi- you know, microaggression. So hopefully, you know, you guys that are in here, you know that and you can decipher the difference. So and a lot of people don't even know the difference between being racist and prejudiced. And that's something mm. you have to teach yourself on your own time. Nobody out here has to go out their way to teach you that, especially when you're not open to learning it. But I'm going to click this other button. Mm-hmm. Nothing. What the fuck? Random people touching your hair. Like, whether or not they asked you, but just random people touching your hair without your consent, that is fucked up yeah you'd be surprised you would be surprised oh lordy lordy what is your thoughts on barbecue sauce on titties (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry completely off topic but um back completely later (laughs) to answer the question of um how is where you're from how that can be considered a microaggression uh it's simply the the implied meaning behind the question once you ask someone let's say who is of asian descent hey where are you from and they say i'm from boston 
if your follow on responses, no, I mean like where are your where are your relatives from? Then that is internal microaggression because you're looking at not the individual that is an American. You're looking past that to where you perceive that person being from. Come on, therapy with Dre. We know it. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. Also, um, I hate to piggyback off of what I was talking about earlier, but can we touch on how microaggressions usually that people throw at minorities and folks of color, non-white people, they are usually a direct result from the bigger issue of society kind of like formulating these really racist, like inherently just awful um, assigned ideas to people. Like, for example, um, talking about the work harassment issue, I had over like nine incidents and I reported all of them to my boss and nothing was done. It was kind of like he patted me on the shoulder and was like, oh, but you'll be fine. And I noticed that when a lot of other women started coming in and getting harassed, it only took like one incident for my boss to take him seriously. Mm. Yep. And that's that shit is insane. Who's above the boss that you work for, the manager that you work for, because they always have someone to answer to. And until all women start feeling like the first problem is the last problem, mm-hmm. it's going to keep continuing. And like you said earlier, where you don't let shit slide, we can't keep mm-hmm. letting people skate because you kind of know them or. They don't really cause any other problems. Yeah, that didn't make me feel a way, but I can get over it. Just because you can get over it is giving them the green light for the next person behind you. So you just need yeah. that. But yeah, I want to. I want to like say something to add to what she said in the voicemail. Um, you know, I've had that same situation happen. We're going to talk about that in like you know story time or whatever. But um, what I wanted to convey is HR is not your friend. Yep, at they- all. Um, they are not your fucking friend. Um, I'm not sure of the best method in terms of chain of command and who you contact, but you know, my best advice to anybody who's had a microaggression at work, keep every email and record everything. Um, don't go to any closed meeting without your voice memo on your phone in your hand, because they will change the narrative on you quick. Mm -hmm. And if it's between you and the company, they're always going to pick the company. So, you know, I've walked into meetings with my phone in my hand and I've let them know. I'm like, Hey, um, I I have to record this conversation because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, per my last email when I'm fired, I need to go and have this concrete evidence now because when I'm gone and y'all don't give a fuck about me and you leave me out to dry, I need to be able to have some tangible evidence because if you say, for example, you have some situation at work like she has and they end up letting her go. You can't get back to those emails anymore. You can't go to your desk and get your shit. You're just done at that point. So if they want to call you into the office, they want to call you into the conference room, take your phone. Take your phone, leave that shit sitting right there at the desk. Like, you know what? I understand y'all are having this conference call with me, but you know what? I I need to have this evidence for myself because my lawyer needs to hear. Once you say that shit, they will approach you completely differently because you are, you know, at will. No matter how important your job is, you can be a lawyer or you can be somebody, you know, working the fries. You are at will and they do not give a fuck about you. That's why a lot of the shit that they do is microaggressions because they're like, you're replaceable. Right. So, you know, that's that's what I wanted to touch on. But, you know, go ahead, Chad. 
Hit the other button. I'm saving something. Alright. Um, and I I feel like genuinely through my through my own experiences that we have an issue with telling um women of color and especially black women that um like they're strong. Like, oh you got this. Bad. Like I've since stopped working at that job, but like hearing my own boss telling me like, oh, you'll be fine, but, but, but you're used to it. Right. But it's okay. Like it took me having to file a police report for him to Mm -hmm. actually be like, Hmm, you're right. Maybe we should change your location and adjust to what, to what has happened to you for you to feel more comfortable coming to work. And it just blows my mind. It really does. See, and I just said that, you know, I don't know the chain of command, but she went to the cops that was the way to go, right? Because at some point you, you can't reach some of these people sometimes. Like I said, HR is not your friend. And sometimes talking to your boss is the worst fucking decision you can ever make. Because if you talk to your boss, who do you think they're going to talk to? Right. Their boss. And it's going to keep going. And next thing you know, you look like the outcast. You don't want that shit. A lot of them feel safe because the people higher above make them feel safe in what they do. And that's why they continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for me, um, I think this is a very interesting topic, mostly because microaggressions only exist if you believe them to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's mainly because people are aware of malice. So until you've gotten robbed or until you've been in an accident or until someone did something negative to you or until you saw someone get beat up on TV, you're really not aware of it going back to what the guy was saying about ignorance. So you're ignorant to it. Um, so people may be ignorant to certain things and actually respond or speak a certain way. And your response is in turn to actually re- reply another way because you believe it to be a microaggression, but it really comes from that person just operates that way. And yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I got to ask. I got to He says the person might just operate that way. Some mm-hmm. things are learned behavior, though. Um, like, that's like saying, you know what? I'm the son of a racist, but you know what? I'm different from them. Yeah, you could be different from them, but you were taught their values. You had yeah. to obviously, you know, Tune, like fine tune yourself to learn better and learn more. That's like telling somebody they lived in a basement their entire life that, you know what, there's a sun outside. Like, yeah, they're not going to be adjusted to it, but once they see it, it's fucking there. So when it comes to microaggressions, it's like, no, you know, like if, if you have a brain that works, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, not being like disrespectful, you know what a microaggression is and you don't even have to be a person that, you know, it hasn't happened to before. I know for a fact, if I see a gun and somebody says, stick him up, like, <laughs> I know what the fucking time, you know, I know what type of time it is. So it's not something that, oh my God, like I've had to have that experience in order to experience it. No, you, you don't. A microaggression is just that. Like, you know what it was. If somebody tells you, hey, um, I didn't understand. I didn't know that black women did this. Or I didn't know that white women did this. Or I didn't know that gay people did this. It's like, yo, like, that's a, like, that's a microaggression. And not only is it a microaggression, it's like, yo. You know what's the okay. problem? A lot of people who exhibit a lot of microaggressions mm. might not know that they're microaggressions because people around them been hearing it all their life and mm. nobody pointed it out. So then when they get into a setting where people are ready to point out that, hey, you know, you mm-hmm. can't say that. And they're like, why can't I say that? Like I've said that all the yeah. time. 
Nobody has mm-hmm. ever had you. Maybe it's you that have an issue. No, let me introduce you to the thing that you're saying and what it's called and how it's wrong. And then you might be the first person while they're like 28 years old working at a Fortune 500 company, letting this person know that they've been wrong all their life. Their dad didn't tell mm-hmm. them that they were wrong. Their sister didn't tell them that they were wrong. Their friends didn't tell them that they were wrong. Their mother didn't tell them that they're wrong. So you're looked at as the horrible person for pointing out something new to them. And a lot of people fall into that trap. So it's not always that they know automatically that it's a microaggression. It's kind of like mm-hmm. people who use people all the time but nobody's pointing it out that, hey, you're a bad friend because you, you only come around when you want something. If the old friends never pointed it out, they're never going to know that, hey, maybe I am a b- bad friend because nobody pointed it out to me that it's a bad thing that I keep coming around when I want something, even though it should be common sense. Yeah. But how, like, how do you correct people that are, you know, that are wrong, that are more important than you and your role, like your boss or honestly, people just who don't give a fuck? Because that I see more of that when it comes to Mike. Uh, so I'm, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Like, you know, I guess what I got from what he had said was, you know, yeah, there are some people who are ignorant. Yes. But those people who are ignorant at it, it's, it's like a smaller chance that they would do the microaggressions that we're talking about in this conversation. Like, yeah. you know, you know, he, he's talking about microaggressions like, you know, the you know, I, I have a you know, I have a black friend. Like, OK, that's that's a microaggression where. If you see it, like he said, it's all about perception. But when I'm talking about in like the other voicemails, shit that happens at work where you're a boss who he is more important than you. He does shit with the intentions of pissing you off. It's not like he's ignorant to it and not knowing that he said the shit that he said or done the things that they've done. Like when, you know, they hit on their women coworkers, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. So you can't go and say, you know what? how do you correct them no you can't correct that behavior that's learned behavior and that shit that they don't to like unlearn that's just them they'd rather get rid of you than change being a fucking creep yeah. that's how you have yeah that's how you have pedophiles out here continuously doing the shit that they do because it, it won't be corrected and if you try to correct them they just kind of eradicate you from everything else like they don't give a fuck about that so you know with his voice i understand completely what he meant but you know what we're talking about right here is not trying to you know be passive of that it's just more so how do you correct people who they can't be corrected and their microaggressions are microaggressions you can tell them until you're blue in the face but they don't give a fuck they're like okay whatever you you said what you said but now what i think you have to also say when you say they can't be corrected you have to explain why they can't be corrected is it status why corrected is it because they don't want to learn why they can't be corrected because, again, like you said, they don't give a fuck because a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and if they feel like, oh, you're I'm the you're the only one that sees it as a problem, so I'll just avoid dealing with you because everybody doesn't point it out to me. Then that's what they're going to do, and that's why I was talking about like we can't keep letting mm-hmm. slide because they'll never know that they're actually doing something that's a problem. Yeah. So let, let me let me say this. so. As a parent, both you and I are parents, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, I've heard my parents say this, and you probably heard your parents say this as well. I brought you in this world, and I can take you out of it. That is a fucking microaggression. Um, that, that's something that I'm sure they've learned or heard from somebody else, and you can't correct that because you're their kid. You're the, you're all, you will always be their child in some shape or form to them. Even when you're an adult, you're still their child. So if you were to, you know, when you grow up and you're, you know, 15, 20, 30 years old, and you tell them, hey, something that you did to me 
years ago. Um, I, I thought that to be a microaggression. Their response is going to be, well, you know, I apologize for what I did, but I did it because it's like that. That's not how that works. It's not how that operates. You know, when it comes to microaggressions, you should accept your fault in it and yeah. try to grow from that. But there are a lot of people who don't do the growing part of it. They will say, you know what? My bad. You know, I'm sorry. And expect that to be it. But then they can do it to somebody else. They just move on. They just go, you, just, you know, well, fuck that. You know, I'm not going to go and say it to you anymore, but I'm definitely going to still have that mentality for the next person and the next person and the next person. That goes from parents to coworkers, from coworkers to your boss, from your boss to people that you run into in, on the street and shit like that. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. It's got to be that sweet baby raise. What? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Greg preach. So I ended up finding a better job from a job that I was working at. But at the time that I was working there, I did what I was supposed to do, which was effectively we acquired a new organization and I helped from bottom to top to like train a whole bunch of new individuals to handle customer service, to create a brand new system, to identify all the errors in the system, to saving like thousands of dollars um, by identifying glitches in the system. But the team that was the original team associated with the brand was like bullying me and nobody in my organization stood behind me because they didn't want to tamper with the deal that they had just made. They didn't want to jeopardize it. So I was a sacrificial lamb. But fortunately for me, I did save every email. I did save every phone call. I ended up finding a new job, a better job actually, and leaving this one. But now I kind of want to go back and use that. Mm-hmm. And you should. You should. Why not? Like, shit, it could have been five or 10 or 20 years from now. Because think about it, like, for me, and I'm sure other people, like, we didn't have the opportunities of, like, Glassdoor and Indeed and shit like that. I'm only 33, but when I first started in the workforce, I didn't have the ability to review a company as I worked there anonymously. Um, yeah. You could protect more people from being in an ain't shit job because you're at that ain't shit job. Um, or even, you know, outside of work, like you can review things, you can review companies, you can review brands and stuff like that. And if people were more honest about it and they said that shit up front, then you would know the same shit happened with Robin hood when, you know, they had a hundred thousand bad reviews about the shit that they had done a week and a half ago. They got their act together. They're like, Oh, well now, cause we're losing our money. Sometimes you have to hit people's fucking pockets in order to get them to change. It isn't, you know, always going to be a, you know, I see the better person in them, you know, and they'll learn and they'll get better if I talk to them nicely. If I talk to them very calm and, you know, I I bring it at surface level for them, they'll understand. The moment you leave that room, they're like, fuck that bitch or fuck that black guy or some shit. Like, that's how they think. And the only reason I know this shit is because. Other people in this voicemail, you know, in these voicemails have said similar things. And the fact that there's a term for it, there's groups for this shit. They make groups at jobs for people to go and say, you know what, if you have a problem, you say it in the group. And then the group relies it to like departments like HR who ain't gonna do shit or, you know, we'll bring it up to the board. You know, it's stuff like that. It's like, yo, like, where, where do you go at that point? Where do you go? Out. <laughs> yeah. Out. Exactly. She said exactly what I was saying. People were in an environment where they weren't actually put on blast for whatever they were doing because that was the norm. Mm -hmm. 
where they were from. And once it starts becoming not the norm, it becomes like, well, why is this a thing? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately all of this comes down to the education of the human race, like from birth um, and kind of that that lays on the shoulders of government. Um, But yeah, I think, of course, microaggressions are a very serious thing. Um, but I think like the ways that we handle them need to be very tactful. Yeah. And to be completely, to be completely disrespectful, not to him, but in general to like, you know, that cause, um, some people who are like that way just have to die off. Um, and that's going to sound really fucked up. Now I'm saying it actually does sound fucked up, but I'll give you a perfect example. Kellyanne Conway, right? She put her fucking daughter on blast and, you know, her daughter has pretty much been telling her like, yo, mom, you've been doing wrong. Like she did wrong to her own daughter, was putting out information that she had no business to put out there, out there. And, you know, that is a microaggression against your own fucking child to the point where her child went on social media and said shit like, yo, like you gave us COVID and told the entire fucking country that you didn't have it. I saw that. So, yeah. So it's like, yo, like at some point, like, you know. We, I don't want to say like we have to like completely like erase planet Earth or some shit like that, but you know, learned behavior starts at home. So if you come up in a home bringing where they're, they're not teaching you tangibles and they're teaching you to be like racist, misogynistic, sexist, and stuff like that, you're going to go out here and you're not going to want, you know, there are going to be some people who don't want to receive that. I was going to say in a grand scope, everybody, but I had to scale back and say some people won't be receptive because there are some people who were raised in racist homes or sexist homes, but they learned better because they sat down with somebody and they had that talk, that long, hard talk. It's like, oh, like this is wrong. And some people are receptive. What we're talking about, however, are the people who are doing the microaggressions and know that they're doing the microaggressions. There are some people, yes. There are people who are like, you know what, Ayo, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't understand. I didn't get that, but thank you for telling me. We're talking about the people who they've been told this shit before and they just don't give a fuck. That, that's what I'm pretty much that's what I'm talking about. Now, I appreciate everybody leaving these voicemails, but that's me at surface level. I'm only touching the surface on things that happen where people just don't give a fuck what you say because you can't teach everybody. And me being black, I'm not teaching people shit no more. I'm just honestly not doing it. So that's just me. Before I hit this button, I'm going to give out a microaggression um, and into ageism. It's basically hateration, shout out to Mary J, at a workspace because of a person's age. Quote unquote, you need this job. I assume you need to sit down because you can't stand up like the rest of us. You know, you're a little bit older. You need to sit down in this chair. Like, for, for, we all work in a corporate space where you might be sitting next to somebody who's in their 20s, sitting next to somebody who's in their 40s, sitting somebody next to somebody who's in their 50s, right? And we are all at this job for different reasons, right? And we all have different plans. Just because you can see that someone is older, don't automatically assume that they can't fulfill their job just like you can. So saying mm-hmm. comments like, you know, you know, you can't do this or, you know, it's going to be harder for you to do this. Why don't we take the elevator up one floor instead of taking the steps? Like it's that company's job to evaluate if that person can do that job. It's not your job to assume that somebody can because they're older. Right. So that is mm-hmm. also 
microaggression. You don't know if they can, so don't assume that they can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Greg, what up? Shan, what's going no, on? Another topic. Uh, one thing I've learned working in the corporate world is you got to use white keywords that scare white people in corporate. Uh, <laughs> one of them is the word shame. Let that microaggression come out. Follow it up with, are you shaming me because of where I'm from? Are you food shaming me? Are you skin shaming me? Are you metal? Just use the word shame before whatever word come out your mouth after that. They will run scared shitless because they think you automatically about to go to HR. And HR is scared of the word shame as well. Trust me, I have tried this to the point where white people stop asking me all kinds of questions at work. Besides work-related questions. Because they be trying to be funny and shit, and I'm not an early morning person. I don't want you talking to me too too quick. So look, use that word shame. Scare the fuck out of people in corporate. Trust me, shame, shame on you. I let you boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yes. Um. Before we go to the next voicemail, I got one too. I have to have one. Um. So, and this is actually a question for you, Shane. When you when you're in the like the working world, the corporate world, um. The mail room. I'm, I'm just start there. The mail room. What are the type? Like, what are the typical groups that you see working there? Um, young men, uh, women, or one of a different minority, other than white. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a story, and this isn't a black story. It's definitely a brown story, though. So there was a guy who worked at a law firm that I worked at, and you know, I was temping there, and. I was applying for different jobs because I knew for a fact that I didn't want to be relegated to just the guy in the mailroom. I, I knew what I wanted and I went and got that. Now, everybody can do this. I just, you know, for me personally, I get it. Um, he wanted to work from within the company. So he, he got familiar with everybody. He went and networked and he applied for the job and he got the job that he wanted. He wanted to work in like the PR department of the firm and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Gets the job. He goes and tells his boss that, you know, was in the mailroom with us, told them that, you know, hey, I'm moving on up, blah, 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 blah. Do you know that boss hated on him the entire time? He was talking. He went up to the department that he was about to get hired at and was talking cash shit, hoping that that would jeopardize his job. So he would have to work in the mailroom still shit like that. Um, it, it just leads me to say this. Um there are microaggressions outside of like your own community, but there are definitely microaggressions that you'll get from your own community. This was a black man pretty much telling uh, a brown man and he wasn't black, but he was still a brown guy. He told him, he was like, yo, like, you know, you won't be successful in that job. I've seen it done before. And it's like, yo, like what? Like that right there is not only the biggest microaggression I've ever seen, but it's like, bro, like you were trying to stop this man from progressing. And you know, you don't know where that PR job is going to, you know, lend him or where it's going to take him. But you are trying to keep him in this bubble because you're stuck here. Like you are the the manager of the mailroom and he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to follow in your footsteps. But when he told us in a meeting, he was like, oh, like he's moving up there. You know, I don't think he's going to be successful up there because, you know, he, you know, his productivity isn't this. And, you know, I just don't see him doing this. I'm like, yo. But all you've seen him do is carry fucking packages from one place to another. That's not his journey. So, you know, shit like that to me is considered a microaggression. When you don't want people to prosper because of your own internal hate, that is a microaggression. So, you know, I'm not going to say too much more, but that's definitely one that 
as soon as he hit on work and saying that keyword, yes, that was definitely one I had to talk about. Also, this, which also pertains to what you just said, hiring a Hispanic or black people to do cleaning jobs only, or they clean better than everybody else. They clean better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a constant labeling in all workplaces. I've seen it in retail. I've seen it in office spaces. I've seen it in um, a lot of fashion um, headquarters working in New York. They purposely hire uh, a certain <laughs> ethnicity of people to do cleaning jobs over anybody else all right mm-hmm. and if someone does come in to um get hired for that position they probably sometimes will suggest that they look at other um opportunities within that that job or that company right they'll they'll mm-hmm. offer them other jobs than what they came in for so um a lot of that is a microaggression that i've heard in office spaces depending on what ethnicity you are right mm-hmm. so um people are coming in and automatically assuming that just because you look a certain way you must do the cleaning not the mm-hmm. manager or the cashiering like all of that is a microaggression and until you check people in a polite way and you gather them politely, which is an episode that I'm doing on She Gets It in a week mm. or so. Um, they'll keep doing it. So. Yeah. To actually combat um, work, work-based work microaggressions, because uh, this happens to me, and I think it honestly happens to everyone, and that's because in a corporate environment, there are bottom lines, and those bottom lines are tied to other things that need to happen. Uh, I think the way you combat that is by being more knowledgeable about the structure, vision, and mission of the company and and also being more personable with the people that are above the individual that is in direct contact with you. Uh, And once you have that information, you could then direct the conversation because you know you're doing this because the company needs to get here and that's not going to help the company get there if I can't do what I need to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. Putting that, that, that card, you need me. <laughs> Can you give an example of like a classic microaggression? Can I give an example? Yes. Um, okay. I have one. So, when people challenge you about your experience, like say, for example, you're having a bad day at work and you know, you, you go and confide to another coworker and they say, well, at least you have a job. Like that's, (laughs) that's a fucking microaggression because it's like, Oh, fuck that job. Like if, if if people are treating you like shit, yeah, I understand. Like, you know, you don't want to lose that job and yes, you're being paid for that. But a microaggression is that, you know, that type of example where people say shit like, at least you have a job. That's just in the workplace. Or, you know, when men at work say something to a woman that they know is wrong, but mm-hmm. they try to skirt past it. Like, oh, well, you know, nice outfit. Like saying nice outfit is one thing, but the way you say it and you kind of like are very descriptive in the way you say it, that's mm-hmm. a microaggression. Um, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what would be a work example of like a microaggression. Um Oh, oh, this one, this one. Um, you are a credit to your race. Um, I had to check a job 
previously about this. Um, this was, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what, <laughs> so what happened is the company, this was, you know, right when like BLM, you know, be, started to become a thing and people were becoming more knowledgeable about Black Lives Matter. And all of a su- all of a sudden, all these companies decided that they wanted to have diversity groups and diversity meetings. So it's usually head, you know, it's head by, you know, a woman, uh, which is fine because I-, I feel like they're more headstrong than us guys. Us guys are like, oh, we'll just let shit fly. But, you know, every diversity group that I've ever seen is usually head by, you know, a woman because they are more organized and they just understand the dynamics that they have to deal with. Because not only is it a, you know, a color or a racial thing, but it's also a gender thing as well. So it's just better to have that balance. So basically this job though didn't have that black woman so this job decided that they wanted to have a diversity meeting and they wanted to have more people of color speak but we were speaking to the white hr lady who was the head of this diversity group so Mm -hmm. she said and she didn't realize that she was saying it she said you guys are a credit to your race and i was like what the so i so naturally, so naturally, I'm sitting there and we had microphones that they put on the table, like in the conference room. So you just had to tap it in order to talk. So I made the mistake of tapping. And, you know, I said, yo, what in the hell is she talking about? So <laughs> now she's like, she, she's like, you know, Greg, what do you mean? And I was like, yo, did you just hear what you just said? You just told me I'm a credit to my race for showing yeah. up to a diversity group that you didn't have. It was like, yo, like it, at that point to me, I told her, I was like, this group is a which is like saying y'all are some good black people exactly that's what i got from it pretty much so and the fact that she said you are a credit to your race i'm like yo like y'all y'all don't even give us tangibles so now i'm a credit to my race so that was an example so when i asked her you know basically she wanted to do the thing where she wanted to talk in private she didn't want to address it right then in the meeting right so she's like, you know, Greg, do you mind staying back, you know, a couple of minutes so we can discuss, you know, what went wrong? If there were, she said something, she was like, um, I forgot the term that she pretty much put out there to me. She was like, you know, you know, there may have been a disconnect. I'm like, no, there wasn't a disconnect. You just pretty much told me I'm a credit. That, that is self-expression. Like, no. You knew what the hell you was Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That, that's an example right there for the guy who was leaving that voicemail. When somebody tells you, is there a disconnect or there may be a disconnect? No. You said what you said. I took it the way I took it and I'm explaining it to you. And then you're still telling me that there's a disconnect. And how can I change that? You can't change what the fuck you just said. You knew what you said when you said it. Saying to somebody, you are a credit to your race in a diversity group. Yes, I'm going to have some questions. Because uh-huh. my question, my question was, there was nobody else that could lead this team but you. That's what I said to her. And you know what? And she... I don't understand if if we're having a diversity group, right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't the group that we're having this meeting with diverse? That's Bingo. the problem. We're secluding each other, having small conversations like it's top secret when we need to be having this discussion overall with every ethnicity in the room so everybody can be on point with the things they say and and, and have some ownership in what they do. Oh, uh, hold on. I, I got to throw some out, out, Shan. I have to. I have to. So, you know, I, I had a list. I didn't want to go through this, but thank you for the guy who left the voicemail. Some microaggressions, for example. I'll start service level. I don't want to make it all racial. So have you ever been in a store? And, you know, say, for example, as a woman, you're in Victoria's Secret shopping or something like that. Or if women still shop at Victoria's Secret, you're in Victoria's Secret shopping and somebody just walks up on you like, hey, do you work here? It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, why? That's that's a microaggression. Or, you know, 
saying, I believe the most qualified person should get the job. That is, what is the most qualified person? I've worked with people who hired their children who don't know how to do a fucking Excel spreadsheet. And they got the job. Um, You know, saying, like, say, for example, asking an Asian or Latino person, like, why are you so quiet? We want to know what you think. Be more verbal. Speak up more. What if they don't want that shit to say? I'm sorry. What if they don't have shit to say? Like, those are microaggressions. Like, the fact that, you know, I'm listing these off and people are clapping. People are leaving voicemails because you know it's, it's true. And, you know, somebody might say, these, these are microaggressions. You might be thinking a little bit too deep about it. Here's the thing. If you're not thinking about it and you don't acknowledge it, that's just going to continue to happen. And it's going to go from being a microaggression to a bigger aggression to the point where people are like, yo, like, d- did you not just see that? Did you not just see my coworker, like, adjust his cohort his secretary's like dress and shit like that telling her hey you know i shouldn't be looking at you like that you should cover up a little bit more that's a fucking microaggression right there but you know outside of work you see microaggressions every day you might not word them as microaggressions like but they are microaggressions saying shit like bitches ain't shit microaggression mm-hmm. S- surface level shit um, the one I said earlier, I'm not racist. I have several black friends, several meaning two. No, that, that's definitely a microaggression. I've been in those rooms with people. I've been the black friend to the point where I've had to say, yo, like you keep saying you have black friends. I'm the only one that I've seen. So what, do you, what the fuck are you talking about? Like microaggressions here, people like they're there. That's why we're talking about them. You know, and I don't want to be like rude to anybody who's thinking, you know, Greg is just, you know, talking his way out of it. And he's just, you know, talking a lot. I'm sorry. We've all had microaggressions. It just hurts that when people are kind of like, you know, scapegoating for the scapegoat. Like, no, just acknowledge what the fuck it was. Yeah, because all of this aggressive behavior makes the job harder to do or harder to focus on. Because you over there repeating in your head what somebody just told you. And we have to remember that if things keep happening so much and never being checked, it's going to happen so much that it's going to be taken as, oh, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So so you have to nip it in the bud. So if somebody says, oh my God, I've never seen a, a black person with really long hair that's theirs. That is something that you mm-hmm. shouldn't say out loud. Like I've, I've, seen, I've seen a man get checked by another man because mm-hmm. he, he pe- that this woman came into office and she had her hair short the day before and she came in with like long braids and he was like oh my god he was like her hair was so different the other day let me go tell her and he was like no 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 um, we went to the Christmas party and, you know, we find out that he's gay. He's telling us. And somebody said, well, I would have never expected you to be gay. But you know what? I, I saw some signs. I don't know why I just didn't say anything before. It's like, that wasn't for you. To, what the fuck? Like, mm. what? Yo, and then he went down a laundry list of reasons why he thought he was gay. He was like, well, you did dress kind of nice. And, you know, the way you style your hair. And it's you so know, crazy because it's like, yo. You, it's like you can't be black if you do if you're if you dress and you carry yourself in a respectful manner that like, you're not black enough so black means you have to be ignorant loud and wrong in order to be truly black is what you're saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that shit is it, it's sad, man. Like me as like a black man, like I've already like I've dealt with enough like trauma in life and stuff like that. But what I've seen at work, all the microaggressions that I can like remember vividly always happen to women. And it didn't even matter the race. I'm not talking black here. I'm not talking about brown here. Every woman that I've ever worked with has come across some type of microaggression. Yeah. Be it sexual, physical, or just honestly the way that their boss talked to them just because they were a woman. Those the shit that they say, I'm like, yo, like, do you realize the the way you're talking to that person? They're still a human, regardless if they're a woman, regardless if they're shorter than you, regardless of the fact that they may be smaller than you, that is a fucking microaggression. One, I got one guy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, let's say you walk into the manager's office. We have the same manager. And you walk into the manager's office. It's like, oh, good morning, Reg. How are you doing? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. A very polite manner. You leave. I walk into the manager's office. Oh, hey, girl. What's up? Yeah. Have a seat. Come yeah. to the... And they just get really lax. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, why can't I have this mm-hmm. professional treatment? Mm-hmm. Let's switch it up. Yeah. Let's say I walk in there. It's very professional. Right. It's very, you know, low key, simple to the point. Um, no slang. You walk in there and it's like, well, what's up, Greg? Come on, man. Have a seat. What's yep. up? Like, what you mean? Yeah. You have to have yeah, the yeah. same professionalism, especially with friends who have businesses. If I'm paying exactly. the same amount that a customer that does not know you as a friend is paying you, I deserve the same type of value and standard when I come see you for your business. I want the same quality mm-hmm. and product that that customer that you don't know is getting. And a lot of us get really lax when it's people that we know versus people that we don't know. This is why they have something called secret shoppers because they really yep. want to see if your customer service your business and the way you conduct business is consistent and professional and they don't trust your people that you say, say it is. So they send in complete strangers and pay them to go ahead and critique your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you know, that's that saying everybody was saying in 2020 where it was like, it's the blank for me. It's the meritocracy for me. It's the denials of individual racism for me. It's the, you know, the black sense when you're around us for me. It's the the being scolded for taking your time or being annoyed when you take too long. Like that, like it's that shit for me. Yeah. Um th- those are my personal like I have a laundry list of microaggressions. I'm just here to shoot the shit at this point. Um, because everybody's had a, I want to hear some fucking stories. I want to hear a story from somebody that will surprise me so much, I might have to go make a drink, literally. Because mm. if I've had I you know, story time. Before we go to the voicemails, here's the story. And I, I've been wanting to share it, but I said I wasn't, but I'm going to. So one day, you know, at a firm that I started out working at, you know, I was pretty much like office support, office service and shit like that. So my job was to pretty much be there before everybody else, you know, stock the conference rooms, you know, make sure shit was ready for the day and then go about the day pretty much doing every fucking thing they said, a.k.a. slave boy. That's what, you know, most people in D.C. call office service, slave boy or slave girl, some shit like that. So for the most part, I was late. Um, so I came into work. I was supposed to be there at like eight o'clock. Now, mind you, the reason I was supposed to be there at eight is because it was this meeting at 830. I ride the metro to work. So the train was delayed. So it, I'm sorry, it was delayed. So I get to work around like 805. And the people for this meeting were starting to foul in at between like 
8, 10, 8, 20. So I'm waiting for the catered food to get there. I'm waiting for all this stuff to get there. And long story less long, the person who's meeting it was just happened to be the managing partner of the office. So he's like, Greg, you know, what the fuck? What's going on? Why were you late? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, yo, like I text. I was late because of it. He was like, well, you should have been here early. I was like, so you wanted me to be here at seven o'clock instead of eight. We agreed to eight o'clock because the meeting was at 830. I'm not going to get here an hour and a half early to the point where he goes and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He was like, that's not what I meant. And, you know, you know better than this, blah, 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 blah. So I'm looking at him. And at this point, people are starting to file into the office, like the people who actually work there. Mm-hmm. And they see this shit. So they see this dude like cursing me out in like every other language and shit. And he's a white guy. And he goes and he puts his arm on my shoulder. Like he puts his hand on my shoulder and like does that. Sh- anybody who's ever had somebody that's like another color put their arm on like you and like do that press down shit where they're trying to like just scolding you instead of talking to you. You know the difference from somebody doing the two. So he does the scolding. And then I'm like, okay, fine. Like, whatever. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm apologizing to him as if he shouldn't be apologizing to me. So after he goes to my office manager who is, you know, and I'm not going to be wrong, you know, really rude about it, but she was a black woman who, you know, she was still trying to save face for him. She was like his favorite pet. And, you know, that's going to sound really fucked up, but it's the truth. Like she was that person who she actually would throw like the women that she went to lunch with under the bus if it made him happy. And what she does is she comes to me and she was like, well, Greg, you know, he told me this, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, but did he tell you, you put his hands on me that he cursed in front of pretty much all the clients and stuff like that. And she was like, well, he didn't tell, he didn't tell me that, but are you sure that's what happened? I was like, are, are we fucking kidding right here? I was like, yo, like everybody was standing there. So at this point, the secretary and everybody who was there, they're telling my boss, they're like, yo, that happened. Like, not only did it happen, they were like, well, Greg was here. Yes. He, you know, notified everybody he's going to be a couple minutes late, but you know, whatever. So she goes and sides with my boss. So then, you know, I'm in a meeting with this guy and his story completely fucking changes. His story goes from, well, you know, great. I didn't put my hand on you like that. I put my hand on, you know, on your back, you know, because I was trying to walk you to the conference. I was like, bro, that, you know what the fuck you did. Like, come they, on now. And, and on your shoulder or on your arm to calm you down, to make you feel like this is not the time for you to get upset. Exactly. So mind you, I go to, at this point, I already know for a fact, I can't talk to my boss about it because she's pretty much told me where her line, you know, where her allegiance lies. So I left her the fuck alone. So I'm talking to the people in my office and shit like that. They're like, oh, great. You got to go to HR and shit like that. I was like, here's the issue with HR. He's the fucking managing partner. It's not going to work that way. So like, well, if you don't go to HR, I'm gonna go to HR. So you know what they did? They all went to HR. They went to HR. I was like, yo, what he did was fucked up. And we had a black we had a black partner at the firm also who, you know, she went to the higher up and blah, 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 blah. So needless to say, I get pulled into a meeting. I get pulled to this meeting and everybody's like, well, you know, Greg, what happened? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it was just a mishap, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, so how long until I actually get fired? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I I usually know what happens because he's not in this meeting right now. He's not apologizing for the shit that he did. Y'all got me in here talking to y'all as if I did something. So, they were like, well, what do you mean? So then they hit me with the, well, we'll put you on. What's that plan that they, they tell you pretty much like you fucked up and you have to act right for the next 30 days. So they did. Um, like 90 day or 30 day or 60 day. Yeah. So they, they gave me like the six, 60 days. So I was like, okay, doing my fucking job, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, the shit was bubbling up to the point where like, I never crossed paths with him. He never crossed paths with me. And other people were looking at him because at this point now, it's circulated around the office like, yo, Greg, you know, 
had to go to HR and talk about, you know, this person because of the shit that he was doing and him trying to save face. He had to go and talk to HR. So he's in a conference room talking to HR and we had glass mirrors and everything. So he's there talking to him and I walked past and he was like, well, I I think he's kind of overreacting, you know, to the situation that happened, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, how the fuck am I overreacting? Like everybody else didn't leave this information out there for you. Right. So needless to say, they sit me in the office. And at this point I had already started applying for jobs and stuff like that. Cause I was like, yo, I'm fucking, you know, whenever you had a bad day, you just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to apply for jobs that I can't even qualify for just in case I get it. I'm the fuck out. Like that's how I was. So I'm applying for jobs and they're like, Oh great. We got this job, blah, 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 blah. So I'm lining up this job as I'm lining up the job. Who gets the, Hey Greg, can you, you know, can you come to the office? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I come into the office and you know, it's the same black woman who's like, Greg, you know, it, it, there were things that happened, you know, beyond our control, blah, 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 blah. You know, here's, you know, no severance, mind you. They were like, oh, no, we, we can't give you a severance because of things that happened with HR. I was like, what the fuck happened with HR? I was like, do I not get a severance, pa- you know, a package or anything like that? They were like, well, what we'll do is we'll give you, you know, all your, your PTO days remaining. I was like, yo, it's, it's, it's fucking August. What do you mean? Like, you're giving me my PTO for like pretty much the end of the year? Congratulations. Thanks. So they gave me that. And then they gave me the Cobra folder and i was like yo who the fuck and i told him i was like yo who can afford fucking cobra if they don't have a job and they were like what do you mean i was like cobra is like 417 dollars a month for like medical and dental insurance i'm like explain to somebody who doesn't have a job how to pay 400 a month for medical and dental insurance so they're like well you know if you need any assistance you know any assistance let us know if you need any references let us know i was like why in the fuck would i use? and i told him i was like yo, why would i use y'all as a reference so what I did was I went to the place that I knew I could go to glass door indeed. And then I went to my lawyer. Once I went to them, not only did I get the severance package that I deserve, I also, you know, because these are things that they thought, okay, he's young. He's not going to know any better. And if we just, you know, mosey him out of the office really quick, then it'll be that. But what they did was they try to like, pry, you know, prod me around before they kicked me out. So they do this whole thing where the manager comes out and, you know, he, mind you, him, him being the manager, you know, partner of the office, he has to walk me out too. So he's like, you know, I apologize for everything that happened, blah, 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 blah. So we get on the elevator at this. Yeah. yeah. So we get on, we get on the elevator and he walked me, you know, to the door and I had my backpack and everything. Cause I still travel with a backpack. So I was like, you know, thank you for the opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Do you know, flash forward a year and a half later, year and a half later, everybody that was at that firm is now gone. And they are hitting me up on LinkedIn like, yo, Greg, like after you left, this shit happened and this shit happened. I was like, oh, okay. So where the fuck was y'all ass at when I was telling HR and all this shit that? So then, of course, naturally, the HR person adds me on LinkedIn. Hey, Greg, how's everything going? Blah, 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 blah. Everything's going good. Like, hey, I'm sorry for what happened. At this point, it's too late. I'm not there anymore. Y'all need to check the people that are there doing the microaggressions that they're doing. And y'all aren't doing that shit. So, you know, to long, you know, to make that story complete, um, that person, they still work there, but everybody else that saw it, witnessed it, or was a part of that situation no longer works at that firm. Why? Because of that person. Because of him. Mm. Wow. Wildest fucking story that you'll probably ever hear, but I've heard worse. I'm why gamble on a great employees that can one person to try to say like I've oh, never gotten that out. like if, if if you have to say to someone 
um, you know, and, and someone says this to you, when you said X, Y, and Z, you made me feel. Mm-hmm. And you say, um, I didn't. Don't say you didn't. I feel like that's your time to own this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I this my intentions were this i apologize x y and z people be acting mm-hmm. like they killed their mom their great grandmother and their kids before they say sorry for something i said that you felt was rude or mean or um ill with yeah you can't yeah, control I mean- what feel just own that shit yeah, but that, that's why, for me, that's why I feel that one situation has changed my outlook on microaggressions. I don't accept nothing anymore because if you accept that shit, imagine if I would have stayed at that firm and God forbid I didn't, but if I would have stayed there, there would have always been that tension. There would have always been something said. There would have been something like lingering over my head. It would have been a black cloud forever. There are some people right now that they can't do what I did. There are some people who can't be in a position where they can go and talk to their boss. There are people who are being, you know, having microaggressions every fucking day. They can't even talk to their coworkers. I have friends who like, Greg, when I come to work, you know, like if it wasn't for having a cell phone and social media, they wouldn't talk to people all day. Friends that work at the government, people who work at fucking regular ass jobs, desk jobs, they're like, yo, I don't trust these people at work. Why? Microaggressions. I have one of my exes worked at, um, I forgot which department of government it was. I'm not going to say it, but she worked there and her boss every day was telling her, you know, how she looked in her outfit to the point where he changed the format of the shit that she could wear. Like when they first started uh, working, I think like they had casual Fridays and he was like, hey, no, you're a little bit too casual because she, she had a big ass. So it's like, OK, you got a big <laughs> ass. Hey, that, that's a little bit too. Ca-. That, no, he told her he was like, oh, that's a little bit too casual. What the fuck is too casual? Just because, you know, Cindy and Becky got these little thin butts like just because her she got ass. There's a difference between ass and butt. She had ass and homeboy was like, yo, like you can't wear that. Like, wait. That not only is that a microaggression, why the fuck are you looking so hard that you have to change the policy because you can't stop looking? That's what the fuck it was. That's a microaggression. That shit is sickening, right? Like, oh boy. How long we been on here? We've been on here an hour. It's only been an hour. It's so like we've been talking for six. Because it's been constant, nonstop. I'm gonna play some of this. <laughs> Go for it. I mm, shit. I know the opinion that like these old racist people just need to die off, then we'll be good is super common. But unfortunately, racism and, and just isms in general and hate in general is still super present in younger generations as well. Especially, of course, mainly white people because like over half of white um, millennials and like eighteen to thirty year old people voted for Trump, and it's like. It is. It's something. It's going to be a lifelong fight, unfortunately. And in our entire life lifetimes, we might not even be able to like chip away that much at it. But it, it's going to take a long ass time. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Like think about that. Um, the story that happened last year, where the kid who he ended up going to a Black Lives Matter rally and shooting people and killing them. He killed a white guy. I think he killed a white guy. He like ripped one of the guy's arms off with like his gunshots and shit like that. Now, what he's doing, he's going on world tour. He's he's underage. He's at bars drinking, you know, saying how he's a supporter of, you know, 45. And he's doing all this shit. And it's like, yo, like, 
Is that some that's something that either he learned in the classroom or he learned at home? There's only one or two places. He hasn't been anywhere to do that shit. So then when they went and told everybody in the article that his fucking mom drove him to it. It's like, wait a minute, like you're already like 16 years old. You're 16 years old and you're going to a rally that had nothing to fucking do with you. Armed to the teeth with guns and ammunition, you know, and, and ammo and all this other shit. You go and you intentionally go shoot and kill people. And then when he goes back, he walks right past the cops after doing the shit. It's like, that's not learned behavior. That shit people have taught you and your family that it's okay for you to do. It's fucked up. It is re- it's really fucked up. So when I said, like, some people have to die off, yes, they have to fucking die off. The, the grandparents, honestly, some of the parents, because these kids, if you raise them right, that's less shit that you would have to deal with. But when you're telling your kids, hey, you know, you know, you can't take me away from my guns. And I get it. Like I have guns. I'm cool with having my guns, but you know what I'm not doing? I'm not going to shit that I don't belong at with the intentions of fucking killing people. Why? Because I've been taught, you know what? White people hate us. Imagine if every black person said, you know what? I'm going to go get a gun. And whenever, you know, a white person says something I didn't like, I'm just going to go to some shit that they're at and load up, you know, and unload the clip. All right. You know why we you know why we don't do that shit is because you have organizations and the police force. Everybody is at your mercy to do the shit that if you don't do it, they can do it. Because God forbid, imagine like somebody that was black at that rally pulled out a gun against a white kid. They would have shot the black guy down, even though he had a fucking AK-47. Why? Because he would have been deemed a threat, even though he ain't supposed to be here. What the shit that happened in Orlando where the dude he walked into the fucking the nightclub, you know, with gay people, he's upset. And, you know, he's, uh, I don't say he was a guy in the closet or anything like that, but he goes into this club, he shoots up people. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, the dude who ended up, he shoot, he's ended up shooting up people and they take him to fucking Burger King. Mm. That, like, I- I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I would love to literally be in a, a fly on the wall to see some of the shit that happens. I'm like, yo, like, at, at what point is it, it's not that person anymore. That's learned behavior. George Zimmerman, learned fucking behavior to the point where now he just does shit just to do it yeah so so yeah so yes when i said some people have to fucking die off yes because god forbid george zimmerman's kids grow up to be like him we're gonna be fucked up forever so yes some people have to die off but in the you know midst of them dying off you have to be able to teach and like educate people that yo this is right this is wrong so, you know, just you know, tying it back into microaggressions, you have to tell people who are doing shit wrong to you the first time. Yo, this is fucked up. Stop. Mm-hmm. It, it's absolutely fucked up. Women have to go and tell guys, you know, yo, I, I don't like that shit. Because if you don't, you end up being sex trafficked, murdered, killed and shit like that. I'm tired of listening to fucking true crime shows and watching CSI and every fucking episode is, you know, a woman kidnapped, a woman missing or some shit like that. It's like, why? Because fucking men don't know no better. And it all starts with microaggressions. Hey, you look good tonight, girl, or something like that. Fucking catcalling. How many women in this chat right now? I need you to clap it up if you've ever had somebody that you don't even fucking know catcalling you. That's a microaggression. We're telling you to smile. <laughs> Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you nice to me? What the fuck? Why do I got to be nice to you? Yeah. You ain't shit. Like, come on. I'm tough. Oh, my God. Like, God forbid, like, I've gotten to the point now, my daughter isn't even a year old yet, and I'm already trying to train myself to know that I have to take her to the gun range. Mm. You should. 
Um, because, I'm because, this, if if the COVID thing you know gets a little bit not so crazy, I'm gonna take her summer for a class. Yo, that, that shit. You know, I, I don't want to make it like too like heavy for people that are listening. I'm, I really do apologize, but like we've seen movies with microaggressions. That fucking Taken movie. If you've ever watched that movie. Those two girls, I guess like Liam Neeson's daughter and her friend, they were just going to go see a rock band travel across the UK. That's all the fuck they were going to do. A dude that met them at the fucking airport that was already microaggressive, he's going and like, let me take photos of you. Let me get in the same fucking cab with you. Let me follow you that I don't even know who the fuck you are. You don't know who I am. I'm going to take you to your home so I know what your address is. Next thing you know, they're fucking sex traffic. The movie that just came out two years ago, Rambo Last Blood, homegirl drove into fucking Mexico because her own friend told her that, you know, hey, you know, I can find your dad for you. Even today, I found out that the one of the guys that was a part of the whole Kanika Jenkins thing finally came out with his story and the police didn't fucking tell anybody. They hid that from everybody. The real story to not have to go back and say, oh, we did shitty work. Exactly. All this shit that I'm just trying to like convey to people, and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. These are all microaggressions that, you know, people, they let that shit skate by and it goes to the point where it's like now it's just, it's accepted. It's behavior that it's okay because we can work around it. We can get past it. Sometimes you ain't going to be able to be in a position to get past that shit. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm trying to say. So I apologize if I talk too long, but I meant that shit. Uh, I'm gonna throw a curveball here. I've actually had microaggressions from my own race as well. So yeah. mm. microaggressions aren't just from those who are uh, of opposite races. I've had individuals say to me, "Oh, wait, so you're black. You don't sound black." Or yeah. where are you from? You from Detroit? I never would have thought you was from Detroit by the way you talk or the way you present yourself. So those things right there are microaggressions coming from intercultural. Um, it's it's important to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no reason. I think you were about to talk about that. Yeah, there's no reason why you have to sound like the color of your skin or you have to, even even for me, okay, both of my parents are Jamaican. When I'm talking to a person or in a relationship, they might say, you never talk Jamaican for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born and raised in Jamaica. And I don't. That's not my first language. It's not even a language. It's a just broken English. Why should I have to speak like I speak to my parents for you? Because that's that's my culture. That's that's my heritage. Why? And and it's mm-hmm. small things like those. Even in cartoons, when we see the character that's supposed to be portrayed as maybe um, Indian and how they talk, all Indians don't talk like that. So when so when we see him in the workplace or we see him in the store to be condescending, you might see another person talk to them like that just because mm-hmm. they feel like that's going to get under their skin and they don't have to say a cuss word. Right. And the thing the problem is that kids understand and they pick up on it and they see that, oh, I can use that. Oh, I didn't yeah. say a bad word, but I can talk to them like that and I won't get in trouble because I didn't say a bad word. But it's a lot of times the way you say it and your assumptions about somebody where we walk into a store because my skin is darker, I'm automatically followed. Or they're mm. asking 
asking me what am I looking for instead of me having the ability to walk around the store and look to see if I actually wanted to spend my money there. It has nothing to do with me not having the money. It has nothing to do with me um, not being able to afford what they're selling. You're not giving me a chance to have the decency to be able to shop without you down my neck. Even when I went to the bank, when I had a Bank of America, when I wanted to pull out $4,000 cash to buy my truck, I went in there, I gave them my card, I put in my pin, I went to the teller because I wanted to pull out the amount of money I wanted to pull out. Instead of her asking me for another verification, she talked to the other teller in Spanish, assuming I didn't know Spanish. Then that then that teller had a conversation about my account that I wasn't talking to. They called the manager, which was an Asian man, who then had a discussion with her and act like I wasn't there. And every they would have a question, can you take off this, please? Can you okay, um, take off your glasses, please? It's me. I put in my fucking pin. You think I will come here and rob my own account with my pin for that amount of money? How the fuck in there, you dumb bitch. Oh. So the next day, I called. I called Bank of America and I made a complaint. And the executive of Bank of America called me personally on their number and said, "I would, I would like for you to stay at our bank and not close all of your accounts." And I said, "I apologize, but how I was treated yesterday as a black woman going into a bank to pull out my money, I decided to put in, in your bank. I'm closing my account tomorrow." The only reason why I didn't do it today is because I don't have time for y'all today. Mm. And that's what needs to happen every time people think they have the ability to mess with you when it comes to your shit and your mm. space. And I'm going to teach both of my daughters how to make sure people stay in their place and know who they're dealing with, especially when they have something that belongs to you. Mm. How you treat people matters. How people treat other people matters. And if you don't call it out, especially if it's not your race that's being disrespected, if you don't call it out, two people walk, assuming all people that look like you will never stand up for me. All people that look like you will always disrespect me. You can completely change that situation by standing up and talking to people when they're in the wrong. So what race you are, or what race is being disrespected? If people are out of line, you need to call them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to get this girl to meet up with me right now, you know, like... See? See? Microaggression, passive aggression, what's the difference? We, got we just had a whole conversation. We ain't got time. Um, another big microaggression that I think is important to talk about is simply put, not letting black or non-white people speak about their experiences, whether in the workplace or anywhere else. Because there's a lot of times that white people will try to speak over you, whether it's to invalidate or virtue signal or, you know, just um, sidetrack your experience. That's a very big microaggression because it's like you can't even speak now. Like that's 
that's a valid one, I think. Yeah, that is a because it's kind of like they want to um, they don't want to deal with it. They want they don't want to have that discussion. Just like when you go to the uh, the DMV and um, you have to fill out the damn thing for your ID or your license. You got black, white, um, Pacific Islander. Uh, what is it? Um, in uh, American Indian, uh, and all these specific people from specific places. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to quote unquote black people, it's like the word black means we don't really care where you came from. What do you look like? Mm-hmm. If we're focused on what do you look like, if we have to find you, what do you look like in the workplace? What do you look like when we're chasing you? Then we need to go black, white, yellow, uh, tan, beige. Let, let's do it all across the board. Because if you really went down all across the board, you would see how ignorant and dumb that is. Fact. So, Absolute fucking fact. The whole idea behind quote unquote black is very dismissive, but the way that it has to be used and described is because people of American culture go by sight and not by actual factuals. Mm -hmm. So that's how we have to discuss things um, is is that way. This is my thing. and, And then we don't have to take this any further. But mm-hmm. we'll still play um, the messages. And if anybody has more messages, please go ahead and put them in now. I do appreciate everybody's commenting and uh, ex- explaining their situations. When it comes to microaggressions, how to avoid it is to not be a dick, to have mm-hmm. some passion, to apologize and don't dismiss people. Do not say, I didn't mean it. And if you have to say, I didn't mean it after something you think about saying, don't say it. Find something else to say or just be quiet and be clear and stand your ground in your response. And sometimes all you have to do when somebody responds to you that that was disrespectful is just listen and learn something new. Yeah, you know, I said a few rules to um, nip that shit in the bud early, because if you don't, they're going to keep trying you. Um, also, check every single person who challenges you talking about your experience your experience is that yours so if they try to challenge you about it check them if you don't they will not take you seriously that is the truth in work or in real life they will invalidate the shit out of you if you don't take you seriously you are the only thing that matters and if they can't understand that check them um last um you know like somebody said early um know your worth know your options and never stop exploring them um, that, you know, more so is like geared towards work. Some places just don't want you there and they will let you know without actually letting you know. Mm-hmm. You'll know when it's time to leave. Um, once the dynamic starts to change and you hate that job or that place every single day and it seems as though they hate you just as much. <laughs> it's OK to leave. It is definitely yeah. OK to leave. Um, but most importantly, therapy. Therapy helps. Um, but. If you have to work and, cons- you know, and consistently deal with like microaggressions about like things like that, address it. Um, therapy goes but so far. Um, anxiety is real and you won't always be in the position to pull out the Calm app or to call your therapist and stuff like that. 
So rather than to go and do things that could potentially harm you and others, say it the first time. Don't let that shit fester and build because if you do, that is when all the bad things come out. And the last thing you want to do is carry that into your next job or to your next friendship, your next relationship, or your, you know, just anything in general. Microaggressions, if you let them fester, they will build. So if you address it the first time, you'll be much, much better off. That's all I had to say. Yes. yes. The worst thing about that entire story with the like your credit to your race thing in a diversity meeting where the whole point is to learn how your race like fight that shit. Yep. I am yep. so sorry. That's horrible. Fuck that woman. No, I'm I'm sorry. That that shit to this day. I, I know we got to get to these voicemails. That shit to this day has burned me. Like I, I'm. I have nightmares about diversity meetings because imagine being in a fucking diversity meeting like last year, like my, my job now, um, they did it right. What they did was they told everybody, Hey, I understand we did not have a diversity meeting, but you know what? Black lives matter is pretty much telling us we've been fucking up for years. So how can we better serve the black, you know, the black and Brown community by honestly shutting up and letting you tell us what to do. So you know what they did? They donated money. They went and talked. They had conference calls. They had meetings. And more importantly, they included white people in the fold. A lot of you know white people, when they think like, okay, Black Lives Matter is just exclusive to black and brown people. No, you're allowed there. You are allowed in the meeting. You can be a part of that. We aren't the ones giving you the microaggressions. Please feel free to come in. The difference is this. When you come into a meeting and the meeting is about changing the fucking weather and you're talking about weather balloons and how the earth is flat and shit like that don't nobody want to hear you because we're not here for that shit that that's the difference and you know when that's a, i don't want to say that's a microaggression because somebody's gonna be like damn you done said it like 15 times but you know in terms of you know the situation that happened with me i was just very disappointed i wasn't even upset i was just really disappointed that she couldn't read the room for one and two she said you are a credit to your race. Are you the one giving out the credit? Mm. Are you are are you, are you the like you know the person that's standing at the door giving away the tickets? Are you giving out the reparations? Because yeah. what you're making is what I told her was what you're making it seem like is hey I showed up to this diversity meeting, but the people who didn't that are of color that didn't go and join the diversity team for this firm that they already don't give a fuck about they matter less because they didn't want to attend this shit. Newsflash. There are people who don't want to speak up about shit, not yeah. because they're trying to avoid drama. They're just like, yo, that's not my wheelhouse. That's not something that I want to be a part of. There were people like last year, there were how many people in different sports that did not play the sport because of COVID? Doesn't mean that they were pussy. Doesn't mean anything like that. It's just like, yo, I have the option and I choose not to. It's okay to take the option out. Mm-hmm. But when you like her, like that lady, she had the option of saying, you know what? I'm a white woman and I'm about to head a diversity meeting. How about I just don't do that shit? But she mm-hmm. said, you know what? Nah, <laughs> I- I'm going to do this. This is cool. Everything's fine. So uh-huh. she, she was that dog in the burning room talking about everything is fine. And we were sitting there looking at her like, she's telling us about us, but she's not listening. Uh-huh. So when she said, you are a credit to your race, when I said something, and you know, I apologize for leaving that mic on, that, that shit still is funny to me, though. Because God was pretty much telling me, hey, you were supposed to do this. <laughs> you were supposed to do that. You know, when I said, I was like, what the hell is she talking about? 
and she heard it and it wasn't just her imagine different offices we had like a phoenix office and a california office and a london office so everybody heard me say that shit but i was like yo like nobody else is going to say this sounds really fucked up yeah it, it, it sounds really fucked up so you know please everybody just avoid microaggressions because you can't fight people whenever they kind of like fuck with you the best way to avoid it is to just honestly tell them like yo that was kind of disrespectful that was kind of fucked up and if you have to explain it replay it for them do like blockbuster used to do and be kind rewind that shit but like you, you know you just told us that you know we're, we're the good kind what, what, what exactly is the good kind <laughs> and if they can't answer it at that point that's when they know they fucked up yeah that's it oh it gets even worse than that about kyle rittenhouse they don't even know the court doesn't even know where he is because his mm-hmm. lawyers fraudulently filed papers that hid his location from the court mm-hmm. you can't do that unless you're white <laughs> mm-hmm. i love the part because that is facts that is dog you said that it's okay to leave and it's good to know when to leave yeah yo that really hit i felt that yeah i think every race and ethnicity other than white whenever we this is why it takes us so long to get up and say something about our treatment because we know when we do at the same time, we have to go to somebody to explain how we were treated numerous times over and over again. We have to put the same energy in looking for a new job at the same time, just in case and out. Mm-hmm. No, white people don't have to do that. They just have to say something, say they felt something, and shit gets done. But we have to repeatedly repeat ourselves. Um clarify ourselves when people try to change our verbiage and our wording and stand our ground on what we said the first time. And this happens even in authority when it comes to um, reporting things to the police. They will have you write a statement four times about the same shit that's in the same notes that every officer has had. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. I dealt with way too many microaggressions in my graduate program and I was so stubborn like nah y'all not gonna you're not gonna run me out of here see but eventually they just said fine and they kicked me out see what under the guise of some other bullshit yep it's always about something else it's never the the source of the fucking problem you could be having a fucking straight A like season of school semester whatever doing all the fucking things you have possibly done right that one thing you did wrong. Like, you one know, fucking thing. You know when we had those last three scenes, we didn't like the fact that you printed it out in black and white scale. Man, listen. Not listen. So that is against our Man. policy four three nine six two one. Yeah. <laughs> it'd it, 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 it be something so trivial, like, you know, because like it's it just really fucking weird. Like to the point where you have to ask yourself, like, yo, like, is, is God fucking with me at this point? Because, like, I've done what I'm supposed to be doing. And trust me, I'm sure God has a sense of humor. So he knows that I curse because he, he, he predict the future and stuff, too. Right. So the fact that I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, like, Edward, I'm sure Corey, the same thing. Like, wait, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing the job you, you know, like have me doing. 
and you're still finding problems with this shit. Why? Oh, oh, you just like to complain. Okay. Or you just want me to fuck up out of here. But just tell me you don't want me to work here. But the thing is, they won't tell you that because if they told you straight up, we don't fuck with you and we don't want you here, that's against the firm policy or that's against the company policy. And if you go and you go to the company or you go against the company, they can't fight that shit in court. That's why I said earlier in the show, I was like, yo, record every fucking thing. I, I can tell you right now, I have a list in my phone of people's hands I don't shake at work because they do not <laughs> wash their hands. No, I swear. No, people be thinking I'm petty. They're like, Greg, you're petty as shit. No, I mean that shit. No, I've seen it. And, yo, I, like, I, I told you this when you and I first started becoming friends. Of, of, like, I talked about it in an earlier show. I was like, yo, I do not shake hands with certain people at work because I know for a fact they don't wash their hands. They go and take a shit, walk right past the sink, open both doors, and not touch it with a towel, with soap, water, none of that shit. So in my phone, there's about 14 people. I'm like, you know what? Nah, absolutely motherfucking not. And then, God forbid, if we have catered food that day, I got to get to the kitchen before them. I have to. Yeah. I know who I know who I don't eat their food at the potlucks. I know who I don't, you know, oh. trust. No, it is. <sighs> so That's actually, I got. Hold on, I'm sorry. I, I got another microaggression story, really quick. Have you, Chad, Have you ever like left your phone cable like laying at your desk at work or something like that? And then somebody, I guess they didn't bring theirs to work that day, and they took yours. And forgot to put it back? No, no. They always either ask, and then when I my charge is low, I be like, hey, I need that. And that's it. Ain't no complaining. Yeah. Ask me how much how much battery I got. That is none of your business. Give me my stuff. Yo, imagine yeah. going and having to like before I before I could send out the email, right? So I get back to work and my iPhone, like I had the, the long cable, like the six foot cable. So I go. And I usually leave it at my desk every day. I don't feel like I have to hide anything. It's a fucking cable, right? So I come in the next day and it's gone. It wasn't put back. It wasn't just thrown back on my desk or something like that. So me, I'm petty. I'm like, fuck that. I'm walking around to everybody's desk. I know I have the red iPhone lightning cable, you know, that's six feet long. I'm the only fucking person in the office that has this shit. So I'm walking around to everybody's desk. I'm like, yo, like, where the fuck is my cable? So the person that I found out that had it, the only reason I knew they had it is because they tried to hide the shit. It would have been better off if they just left that shit out. The the <laughs> the young the young lady, wh- white girl, she said, "Well, Greg, you know, I-, I wasn't expecting you to get into the office, you know, at the time that you know you were going to get in. I know you were coming in early. I was like, it's two o'clock in the fucking afternoon. You were going to keep my fucking cord all goddamn day, and you were hoping that I was going to be like, you know what? They'll just bring it back whenever. What if I need to charge my fucking phone, right? So." She has an attitude as she's handing me my cable back. And she was like, well, I could pay you for the cable. It's not about paying for the cable. It's, it's not about that shit. It's the fact that you took the cable and treated it as if it was yours. Yeah. And, and then it, you tried to hide the shit. Come, what the f- My stuff. Yo, like, I'm telling you, like, they're lucky, you know, the number one rule of Fight Club is to not talk about Fight Club. Because I be wanting to swing on some people, bro. Like, that shit is just too much. But regardless, I'm better now, and they can suck it. So, hey y'all, what's up? Yes, I love y'all. And Shan, thank you you for showing up to my last live, or not my last. Well, I don't know if you came to the Vinny one too, but I'm at the one before that. Thank you, girl. Yes. 
Corey, I'm sorry. I would have shown up too. My issue is I'd be on Clubhouse listening to people lie. So I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Um, Greg, I, I heard that. Um, how to make, how, how to be a millionaire by Friday. He was in that room. Yo, man, definitely. Um, I, I have learned that some people have started to move over and migrate to, um, to Clubhouse. Feel free to not tell me about certain people because I don't want to be in rooms with them. But if y'all cool and y'all on Clubhouse, please let me know. I would love to just be a fly on the wall and listen. Um, but I, I have noticed a lot of people have started to slowly migrate to there. Um, people are using their iPads because they got Androids. This is proof that Android phones are terrible, but we ain't going to talk about that too long because, you know, the trolls will troll. Uh, outside of that, though, man, like, yeah, I will be at the next talk. I promise I will set my alerts up again because I had to reset my phone. So I'm definitely going to go and be at Corey's next talk. I'm going to leave six voicemails just just because. Just because. And it's a six. Tomorrow at 9.30. I'll be there. He gets hardcore. Oh my God. Diversity meetings. Fuck those. Fuck those. I hate those. I know another pet peeve with diversity groups and diversity people being hired. Why are they solely hiring black women? Where mm-hmm. are the Hispanic men or women? Where are... um? People from uh, India. Why aren't they mm-hmm. head of those groups? Why are they pur- purposely hiring black women? Mm-hmm. Yo, have you have you ever like worked in a place where they they had like a racial quota? Yes, yes. I work Yo, like, in a like, racial quota. You think they're hiring you because it's a great diverse place to work at, but really they're trying to get grants at the year and awards for having a certain mm-hmm. of a certain percentage of white a certain of, of hispanic people at the one workplace they get money mm-hmm. for, they get funding for that yeah like i'll tell you a funny story so last year um one of my closest friends they worked at the government but they were doing what do you call it, like contracting so they had contract jobs at this uh government establishment so once the pandemic hit He's like, great, man, they furloughed us and, you know, we won't work here for a while. And I was like, what do you mean for a while? He was like, yo, they said that they would call us. And I was like, okay, cool. They'll call you. You know, you got your job still. He was like, but the difference is like, I might not work in the same place and I have to come into the office. And I was like, okay. So they didn't give him any severance. They pretty much like kicked him out of his job and everything like that. So then the first time around, I think that was what, the 4th of July weekend, they were trying to get people to slowly come back into the office. But you know, that same company hired again, you know, hired him again, but they wanted him to start from, I think he was like a GS 13 or something like that. They wanted him to be a GS seven. And anybody who knows about like the GS is when it comes to the government stuff, GS like seven is pretty much like an entry level job. So he was going to take like a fucking like 20 to $30,000 pay cut just to come back to the job that he was already doing. Reason why the pandemic. So he tells me, he was like, Greg, I thought about taking a job again, but he was like, I'm making more money now collecting unemployment and, you know, the checks that he was getting from the government than actually going into the office. I was like, well, you know what? I would do the same fucking thing. I'd just be in the fucking house collecting a free check. So now that, you know, those checks have stopped, he's back in the office. He's back in the office and he said, he was like, Greg, and he's in here right now, probably. I told him I was doing the show about microaggressions. He's like, Greg. We're handling microaggressions right now. He was like, they are trying to tell them to take a salary cut as if he already didn't take one. So when he got hired back, he got his salary again, but now they want to knock it back down $23,000. Yeah. 
Mm. Because they're saying that since they're working from home, he can take the salary cut of $20,000. Like, there's no fucking way you're telling me that I'm doing twice the amount of work from home and you want me to take a $23,000 pay cut. That is fucking insane. That's not even a microaggression. That's fucked up. They did that to a lot of people, especially the ones that work at um, huge factories in the Midwest where mm-hmm. they're getting $30 an hour at a, uh, at a paying job and going for the last 30 years of their life and they closed it down with no plan for them and they there's other jobs in the area like what working at a grocery store making $12 an hour when you have a whole mortgage and, and family and possibly uh, family members on disability like it's yeah. not you know, I have a, I have a friend who has his his bachelor's his master's his master's master's he's a master of a master and all this other stupid shit right he got all this shit and he can't find work they told him he's over like he's over what do you call it like overqualified four roles. I was like, yo, he goes to school. He gets this degree and that degree and this degree and this and all this extra shit. But now you're telling him he's overqualified for the pay. So then the one job that he wanted, they told him, it's like, well, we got to start you at entry level. Now, the job that he would do is like engineering type of shit, which should be roughly about like a hundred to $110,000. They're like, we can pay you 65,000. He was like, yo, my loans alone are worth more than this shit. He was like, I got my masters and stuff like this. He has two degrees. So I'm like, yo, you went to school for all them fucking years and they're telling you you're overqualified because you're smart and you actually did what the fuck that America's pretty much told you your entire fucking life you have to do, which is spend money to get a sheet of paper only for them to tell you, hey, by the way, that piece of paper don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've been in positions where, you know, my boss has been like, hey, Greg, can you look at this resume? What's wrong with this resume? Or, you know, do you think we should hire this person? And the reason why they didn't want to hire that person is because they had all the fucking qualifications in the world, but they had no work experience. That that right there is a fucking microaggression. Imagine being able to say that you went to school all them years in your field and you can't get the job in your field because they think that you're already overqualified or they can't pay you enough. So where the fuck is all the money going then? I need somebody to explain that shit to me. Because if that's not a microaggression, I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> Facts. Hey, how are you all doing? Uh, I just wanted to ask, um, you know, if... Hey, what the... Uh, what? Well, uh, I reported him for ACC. I'm sick of that word. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, no. We ready? Ah, diversity meetings. Also known as, how can we alleviate white discomfort today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Is this thing working? Please, can you tell me if this thing working? Because I got a question. Yeah. Yes, it is working. Okay. Um, all right, go ahead. What are you going to say? Oh, um, I'm, I, ain't, I ain't going to say nothing else. I'm, I'm done. I'm tapped. I'm absolutely fucking tired. Okay. Hey Greg. That you bro, you you was a you you was a legend, bro. Especially you too. Uh I I'm I'm sorry, I'm new to the show, so sorry if I don't know your names. But yeah, you guys are doing a good job out here. Keep up your good work. Thank you. We appreciate it. We Your bedtime, sir. Yes, it's definitely past your bedtime. 
that is not a microaggression. You just, we do not want your parents to go get the switch. That is yeah. a microaggression and you cannot yeah. call CPS. They do not answer for 72 hours during COVID. Trust me. I found that out by a friend. Don't yeah. ask how I know it. I just know it. And they don't want to touch any germs and germs and kids are the same thing. But, uh, exactly. you know, your parents love you and uh, I want you to get all the rest for your virtual school. Uh, hopefully you're virtual. But uh, this was yeah. a great show, Greg. I think a lot of things yeah. that needed to be clear and um, hope who wanted to learn something new took something new. And um, yeah. we'll be back at it on Saturday. Yes, indeed. Show, something you could use, something you could take. I am a sham from She Gets It Pod. That is Greg from Young Black and Bothered. Yes, those are actual podcast shows, right? You can go on all of your podcast apps, find it, scroll it, Google it, listen to an episode, listen to three episodes. Don't forget to scroll down, rate it, and review. Okay? We'll be back mm-hmm. on Saturday. Greg, you got anything for him? Yes, you can follow my podcast that she gets a podcast, and you can follow Greg's podcast at Young Black and Bother Podcast. You know, my co-host, she gets a pod. Her actual show is called Young Black and Bother, and me, hey Greg, my show is called She Gets a Podcast. Just in case y'all were confused. Come on, bitch. <laughs> Greg, love the kids. Yeah, I, I try. He really, y'all, y'all missed the show. Y'all could have got in on. Okay, so I'm asking this like super seriously. A real question here. When it comes to, uh, let's say, rednecks and microaggressions, there's not much that offends us, okay? When it comes to black people and microaggressions, you know, like ghetto, what what are the (laughs) biggest don't says? I'm asking because I really don't know. What what makes people upset? Because I have no idea. Okay. Um, wow. Um, okay. This first. I don't think rednecks don't. I don't. I think they don't get offended because they know the lifestyle that comes with that is not negative. It's just being in an environment where we do certain things a certain way. Okay, but for black people or Indian people or Native Americans, our regular way our environments were disturbed and we were taking out of those natural environments to be somewhere else where people wanted us to be since they wanted to be in our spaces that were originally our spaces so when you say something about our space and what we do in our spaces then that's when it becomes like i wish we can be proud of what you're saying but we can't because we basically had to make what we had left from what was taken. So that's why a lot of what is said about maybe a black person being quote unquote ghetto or in the hood or eating hot dogs for dinner instead of having a five course meal that would be on your plate in your home, maybe might be like a stab instead of you making a fact. So that is why. Yeah. I just, I just personally, I, I don't like the fact that he called himself a redneck because he, he's not a redneck. Like, think well, about like you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, people no, be avatars. Yeah, I, I get that. But the thing is, like, if, if you start to adapt to the shit that other people call you when you go to other places and you're still claiming that shit, people want to judge you. That's why us as black people, when they see us, if we act ghetto, that's what 
you know, they perceive us to be. Or if we say we're from a certain part of town or from a certain city or something like that, they're just like, oh, you're there. Like, I know for a fact, whenever I think of like Iowa, I think of fucking, you know, open spaces and barnyards and shit like that. That That's just what I think of because I'm not a product from there. So for him, you know, to say he's a redneck, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, you don't have to just forever be that. Because I'm sure, like, the fact that he even asked the question as, like, the way he did and the manner he did without being disrespectful, I don't get redneck from that. But I get this, oh, rednecks are not disrespectful. Oh, of course. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I just, I, I don't want him to pigeonhole himself by, you know, when he approaches things like, oh, I'm a redneck. I'm like, no, like, you, you, bro. Like, just, just be you. Because you'll grow from the truck. Think about it, it. What what happens? What happens if he ever goes and he moves to fucking New York or something like that? Like, or if he moves to California? Shit, he moves to DC or something like that. He's like, oh, like, but what makes you a redneck? Oh, because I'm from this town. I'm from this this state, this city, or something like that. Like, no, you are you, bro. Like, he's a man at the end of the day. I just don't want him to ever like you know go into somebody else's chat or be somewhere and he just says, oh, I'm a redneck. Imagine me walking into a room like, hey, I'm black, and it's like what the fuck like okay we'll know it by you know the way that you act we know you're black but are you a nigga like are you somebody who's ghetto like this is the, this is the problem that you have greg you can't mm-hmm. even say um you don't you can't even say i don't have to say that i'm black you'll know by when i speak some people um mm-hmm. a group of that talk one way probably mm-hmm. wouldn't say if they can't physically see you that you are black and that is the mm-hmm. problem we can't identify with how we sound and and what we say and how we wear our clothes as being a race mm-hmm. or a little backfire against us mm-hmm. aj i said what i said stop calling yourself a redneck bro you cool <laughs> in my book man the, the fact I'm, I'm I have the utmost respect for him for the fact that the way that he approached that question, because like a lot of people don't do that. That wasn't a microaggression. He asked for information without trying to give information. It's like, OK, I'm coming in here with nothing and I want something from it. That's fine. So he has my utmost you know, respect for that. But stop calling yourself a redneck, bro. Like, I hate that. Like, that, you know, you're cool. You, as long as you don't listen to fucking like T.I. or some shit like that. Like that. No, you, you can't do that shit. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You're cool in my book, though. Got three more. Are we trying to get out of here and y'all keep Go talking? for it. All right. See? Good evening, fam. <laughs> Sitting here. Kevin's listening to y'all in the background. I'm at my desk. <laughs> but I'm, like, listening to the last question. Hey, she gets it, pod. What up? Hey, Greggy. Um, <laughs> but I think it was interesting, the last question that popped up, which was, you know, I call myself a redneck. Why do black people get upset when people say ghetto? Mm. And um, I think it's in the context of how it's being used, because in my mind, I think Trump ghetto. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that it has a connotation for black or white, but that's me because I'm a millennial. That's our gender. We've learned to actually kind of be more creative about how we see things um, and how we use certain words. But I do think that people who like this when the media gets upset about it, it's because there's some sensitivity with black people hearing it being used in such a derogative way from like the eighties to the nineties with the Reagan administration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there's sort of this negative connotation that like, when you think about the word ghetto, you automatically think welfare mom, crackhead, all these things that were all these terms that even black people used to micro use microaggressions against each other 
and, you know, make fun of other black people for being on crack and all these other things when we were all participating to a certain degree in this unfortunate event that happened in history where the government basically flooded black communities and sort of was a part, no, was part responsible for what the environment that was created, we know redlining created, um, bad housing situations for black people, nearly forcing and cornering black people into what we call the ghetto. Um, so there's just that history of it, but I just, I, I use it for like, if you, America ghetto, America ghetto. Yep. How about that? <laughs> yep. Yeah, America real ghetto. Ghetto as shit. Yes, indeed. What you on Young Black and Private Podcast, it will be on there soon. You recording from beginning to end on She Gets a Podcast, it will be on there soon. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back Saturday night, 9.30 or later. Um, hope to catch you then with another good topic. I appreciate everybody. Everybody, okay? I don't care what color you are or where you come from. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I ain't got nothing else. Uh, but if your boss ain't shit and they're giving you microaggressions, call that nigga out. That's all I have to say. Sorry. Peace. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. (laughs) 